0: a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel.
1: Greetings, students, and welcome to this edition of The Professor Travel. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Southern California. This is the website, the vlog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn more about different travel destinations. This is where we come as a community in order to discuss more. Hopefully, this will inspire you to travel more and ultimately to enjoy life more. Now, you can reach me on a variety of different social media platforms, of course, starting with my website at theprofessortravel.com. You can now also find me on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok at Travel. If you're a Twitterer, er, 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 you can find me on Twitter at theprofessortr1. And then, of course, if you're a blogger, you can find me on blogspot at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, I have a returning professor with me. Uh, our visiting professor today is Dahlia Nager. How are you doing, Dahlia? Hi, Professor Trump <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks for having me again. Oh, thanks for coming. Now, you've previously done videos with me on Thailand, and we've done a video on California together where we talked about the state. This one, however, is going to be a little bit different. This one, we're going to talk about an experience you had when you went to a conference in Ecuador and got an opportunity to go over to the Galapagos Islands, which is really exciting. I'm totally curious about that. But before we get started, maybe Maybe we can ask you a little bit about some of your credentials, maybe a little bit about your educational background, and perhaps even about some of the places that you've traveled before.
2: Sure. Yeah. So um, I, my background um, is in higher education, so I've worked in higher ed for 20 plus years, which is crazy.
1: I know. Isn't that weird of us? <laughs>
2: I know, so long. Uh, Currently, um, I work for uh, University of San Diego and uh, run an admissions department for one of the graduate schools, Uh, have my bachelor's in business marketing, my MBA. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Traveling, where have I gone? Um, you know, I did a lot of, like, traveling in the States and then um, started branching out to international travel maybe, like, six, seven years ago where I just kind of felt comfortable going on my own. Um, so most, I would say, 95% of my international travel has been solo. So if anyone wants tips on solo travel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's what, has. has has it, for the most part, been with the conferences that you've gone to for uh, UC San Diego? or
2: Yeah, so some have been on my own, just places that I wanted to see. And then um, a good majority the last, like, four years or so has been because of, uh, of work. So it's to do um, some recruitment abroad. I work a lot with international schools abroad. So these are American schools in other countries. And I I work with those teachers um, for some of our PhD programs. Mm -hmm. And I've been really, really lucky with uh, USD to be able to see so many amazing places. So like, um, just in the last couple years, I've been to Thailand twice, I went to Rome, I went to the United Arab Emirates. uh, Spent time in um, Dubai and Abu Dhabi, um, Guatemala, Ecuador. Uh,
1: it's been crazy, isn't it?
2: Yeah, uh, I'm I'm leaving some out, but it's there's a lot. Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> I'll, need, I'll need to reconnect with you on Guatemala. I'm very curious about that, and we've never done a, a actual um, vlog or podcast on that before. But today's focus is going to be on Ecuador and specifically your Galapagos experience. So before we get started on that, I do want to ask a question about how long in advance did you have to plan for something like this? Was it like a long, like a, a year, six months? No, no. I'm
2: I, I'm I'm kind of a last minute traveler. Uh, COVID's going to change that, but. Um, I don't do a lot of preparation. I just get an idea, and so, <laughs> um, so the the planning was around the conference because the the actual work conference I was attending was in Quito, Ecuador, which okay. is an amazing city uh, in itself. Um, but once I found out I was going to Quito, I said, "Oh, well, it's just a little quick." Hopper plane over to the Galapagos, so I'm gonna, you know, schedule my vacation and go to the Galapagos because that's just always been a dream. Like it just sounds amazing. Um, so so yeah, it was uh, not a lot of planning. Um, there's a lot of options when you go to the Galapagos, so that's really the only time consuming part is you know trying to figure out what's the best way to see the Galapagos um, based on, you know, your interests and your needs. Yeah. For me as a solo traveler, it was a little more challenging, which we could talk about. Um, but that's just in general, any kind of solo traveler, you always have to, you run into issues with, you know, paying extra fees and, you know, s- uh, single supplements and things like that. So uh, it's it's not any different, but um, that is something to consider, because if you want to get the most out of seeing the Galapagos, you you want to do it by sea. And um, there are going to be some restrictions if you're one person.
1: Well, let's talk really quick about some things that you needed to prepare for ahead of time. Um, Now, going down there, do you need to get a special type of visa, especially if you're going to the Galapagos? Did you have to get any special travel medications? Um, Were there any type of requirements that you needed to go ahead of time for that?
2: No, um, fairly simple. You know, I I booked my, my hotel was really um, a house. It was like this amazing two houses on this gorgeous property. So I booked that. Um, and with that, they built in some of the tours that I was going to take. Oh, to nice. House.
1: Yeah.
2: But The only thing that I had to do uh, to travel to the Galapagos is there is an entrance fee. And I forget how much it was. If you could look it up online, it's probably I I went in March 2018. So it it may have gone up a little bit. Let's just say maybe it was like $250 or it could have just been $50. I don't I don't remember, actually. But you have to get you have to pay a fee to enter the, the the Galapagos proper, like once you get to the islands. Um, but you get a little card that says like, you've been there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like a stamp passport or something.
2: Yeah. It's but, almost like a passport, but you get this entry card that says like, you know, you have paid your dues to, to go to the Galapagos. And, and one of the reasons for that is also they're very good about limiting um, traffic to the islands because they want to preserve the islands and they want to preserve, um, you know, like the natural habitat. So you'll, it, it's not like spring break where you go and the beaches are crowded and it's never going to be like that because even when you're on tours to go to island to island, to, you know, to see the natural habitat, um, it, it, they time it. So you're never there at the same time with another group. So okay. um in, it's it's very kind of well-managed to preserve you know the natural beauty of the Galapagos.
1: On that same token, you had mentioned the dollar figure. If I'm correct, Ecuador does use the U.S. dollar, if I'm correct. Is that right? I think they do.
2: You know, I, I don't remember having to do an exchange, to be honest. Um, okay. Yeah, that's something I think we would just have to look up. But I, I don't remember... Most of the places I've gone to, I'll do an exchange at the airport right when I arrive. But I don't remember doing that in um, Ecuador and the Galapagos. Okay, so you're. I to getting... say though, it is it is Spanish speaking, so just kind of know that. Like, you know, I'm from Southern California, so you get by with what you know. Yeah. But the Spanish speaking, um, you know, uh, uh, location and. Um, you know, like if you're getting a car or you know uh, anything like that, they are going to speak Spanish. But um, everybody was just so amazing, so friendly. And <laughs> they they love talking to you, and it's just really fun.
1: Well, you're a very charming person, so I imagine having the conversation is very easy for you to you know go to any country, and they'll be like,
2: "Oh, Dahlia is just such a nice person." I love it. I just soak it up. Like you can make fun of me and my American accent. <laughs> This is fun. I
1: love it. <laughs> so let's talk about pre-packing for this, because you know you're going to be going to literally the equator. And so it is going to be hot, hot, hot. But obviously, at the same hot. time, you're going to be there for a business trip. And speaking of this same temperature environment, our previous video, the first one that you did with me was in Thailand. And I've experienced Thailand humidity. I understand mm-hmm. how incredibly hot that is. How would you compare it to Ecuador?
2: Um, Ecuador. So, so Quito, when I was in this, in the city was um, not hot. It actually rained. There were some rainstorms, um, a little kind of overcast, uh, some days were just sunny and nice, but there was there was like a rainstorm, like one of the days I was there. Um, also, something to keep in mind is elevation. If you if you go to Ecuador first and then go to the you know uh, Galapagos or vice versa, elevation is like a real deal. Um, you have to look up you know the the elevation in Ecuador, particularly Quito. But a lot of people get elevation sickness. I didn't. Um, I also didn't get um, uh, what is it uh, like. Water sickness, like motion.
1: Sickness. oh sea sickness, okay.
2: yeah, sea sickness. yeah, I didn't get that on the boats, but but people do. Um, but the elevation in Ecuador, uh, you know, if anyone's on like heart medication, anything like that, like you definitely want to take those things into consideration um, so that you can acclimate or just give yourself like a day after you arrive to like acclimate to the elevation um, because you know you just don't want to ruin the rest of your trip cause you don't feel good or you're out of breath or anything like that.
1: Did you have to bring any type of bug repellent or anything like that? Or did you?
2: No. Okay. No, no. So packing wise, because it was a work trip combined with my vacation, I, I, you know, had like my work clothes. um, I dressed light because, you know, it is, it is hot. Like I said, there were a couple of days where it rained. I wasn't prepared for the rain, so I didn't have a rain jacket or anything, but you know, it's just fun to get like, um, that actually happened a day when I was like, Oh, I'm going to go shopping and like go check out a local market and it's (laughs) downpour, but it's just funny. (laughs) It's it's a good story. Um, but the packing for the Galapagos, I was like, okay, first of all, I'm not an outdoorsy person. I'm not a beachy person, you know, it's just not me, um, so I was just like, "What do I bring?" Because I'm going to be outside, on the water, and or traveling to see islands all day. Like, what do you, what do you wear? Um, so. You know, having to kind of think of a lot of uh, just light pieces. You just want really light, breathable pieces um, to bring with you, you know, shorts or, uh, you know, even a guy or girl, doesn't matter, but shorts, um, really light, kind of breathable pants, not jeans. Do not bring jeans. Mm -mm.
1: Um, It sounds like the same like Thailand because we were using linen clothing and gauze in order to be able to, you know, effectively, like, so that way if we sweat into it, it's like, absorbing yeah. it pretty fast, so.
2: Yeah, I made the mistake of wearing jeans one day in Thailand, uh, and it was <sighs> horrible. Like, it just it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just any kind of light, breathable clothing. Um, uh, also, because I, <laughs> I knew I wanted to snorkel and, and, you know, kind of just do everything that I could. Yeah. I, I bought in advance a wetsuit. Um, cause I thought, cause in my mind, I thought, oh my God, this would be the worst. If I go to the, like the snorkeling store and they don't have a wetsuit that's going to fit me, It's going to be super embarrassing. So I bought one in advance and I, I didn't need it. So when mm. you, when the, the day I did go snorkeling, which was just amazing, um, they had like every size you could think of. They had like the short length, the long length. I, I got a wetsuit for the day that was um, like shorts, you mm-hmm. know?
1: Um, yeah
2: super easy to get on and off. Cause I just got in my head like, Oh, this is going to be the worst, like getting in and out of the water and having to take your wetsuit on and off. Like this is just going to be uncomfortable. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. But, um, I, I brought like my own gear, <laughs> mask, the wetsuit, didn't need it because they they provide all of that, like if you book any of those day tours.
1: Very cool. Now, before we get into some more about Galapagos, I just want to know a little bit about the transportation to get down there. Now you, I assume left out of San Diego International Airport. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And did you just have someone drop you off, or did you actually park there while you were doing your trip?
2: Um because it started with a work trip, I think I did like a Lyft or Uber airport. Okay. Um, so I, I didn't have to deal with, um, parking.
1: Do you remember what airline you traveled on for that trip?
2: I don't actually, I I could look it up, but I, I, I don't remember. That's okay. Uh, there will be like your main flight to Ecuador. Uh, and then it's like a little hopper plane, not super small, but, um, you know, it's like a commuter plane from Ecuador to the islands. Um. So you do kind of change planes like that. Uh, and then once I got to the Galapagos, there is kind of like a um, entry process. and then uh, because I booked my trip like through that um, uh, the, the hotel at the, the house, yeah, they had someone come and get me. so it was like a little um, like shuttle like a little shuttle, yeah, to come and get me and, and take me. Um, to, to the house. So everything, everything was worked out and was safe and, you know, didn't have to worry about anything. Um, but yeah, I don't remember the, the actual airline to get there.
1: When you're saying, uh, that you're, that's kind of like a, like kind of like a puddle jumper, you know, or, or something that I assume you're going from Quito to the Galapagos. Are you, is it, like, the size of, like, your normal little jet, like, a commuter jet that you would take, front, like, maybe 20, 30 people, something like that?
2: Uh, Yeah, maybe a little bigger, maybe, you oh. know, like, like, 50 or so. Um, Yeah, it, it wasn't, like, it wasn't anything that, like, landed on the water. It wasn't, like, that kind of... It wasn't that kind of plane but yeah it was you know maybe like 50 ish um well and it,
1: it actually does bring up a good question because i was under the impression that it, it was so preserved on the galapagos island they didn't even have an airport until we were just talking just now and i was like oh i wasn't even aware of that how long does it take you to fly from Quito over to the galapagos uh it wasn't
2: it wasn't long um <sighs> I, again, I don't remember, like, the specifics of how long the flight like was.
1: Like, less than less than an hour, you think?
2: Less than an hour, yeah. Okay. It'd, it'd be, like, going, you know, for us, probably, like, going to, um, you know, Vegas or a
1: little Vegas bit. Vegas or San Francisco or something like that?
2: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't much, yeah. Okay, cool. All
1: right. Um, now, b- before you go to the Galapagos in Quito, I was just wondering if there were any specific... <laughs> tours of keto that you just wanted to call out really quick just to, you know and like whether it was a food tour you talked about the shopping trip you did there and keto um was there anything else that you'd want to highlight before we jump into the galapagos at all just about the city
2: the city is beautiful it's really beautiful um I just had enough time to kind of walk around where my hotel was um, and just do a little sightseeing of, of the city. The city's really old, beautiful, um, uh, popped into like some old churches, you know, cobblestone streets. It's just really, 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 really nice. Um, there is a national kind of like monument, almost like, you know, in Brazil, the, the statue in Brazil. Yeah. They have their own version, um, and I did go to. So uh, I don't remember the name of that statue, but if you if you, it, it, it's like well known. Um, if you go there at the top of that hill, it's very like windy road to the <laughs> top. So you take a car, a car, you know, taxi, whatever. Well, so you like, don't walk it. No, you can't. Um, again, elevations like a real thing there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you take the car loop-de-loop all the way up to the top of this mountain. And there's this beautiful like statue that's lit up. I went at night, just stunning. And then there's a gorgeous uh, restaurant right at the top. And I I went to the dinner there and you just get the most amazing view of all of keto, just lit up. It's like looking down on Los Angeles, you know, just all lit up. Oh, wow. Um, it was so beautiful. Uh, so that's something I would recommend just for kind of like that wow factor. Um, to go up, spend some time at the you know at the monument, and then um, go have dinner at that restaurant. It
1: was great. Speaking of accommodations, really quick, how were the hotel accommodations that you had while you're in keto?
2: Fine, yeah, um, normal. Normal hotel,
1: uh, like on a scale, like on a scale of Motel Six to the Ritz Carlton. <laughs> if you're on a scale of one to five, is it like more like a courtyard or better? Yeah. Than courtyard? So,
2: so the hotel I stayed at was chosen for the conference. You know how they're like predetermined by oh, the yeah. conference coordinators. Um, so there was like two or three hotels that you could stay at. Um, uh I would say it was like it would be equivalent to like a, a W hotel or Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, like a Hyatt, something like that. Just smaller. Um okay. Yeah, but safe, clean, nice. Um Yeah, it was it was good.
1: And how many days did you have to spend at the conference before you got to go over to the Galapagos?
2: I think I was there 3 or 4 days before I went to the Galapagos.
1: Okay. Wonderful. Now, let me ask you about the Galapagos. How long were you going to be at the Galapagos? Was it just a one day turnaround trip or was oh, it no, no. multiple?
2: Um, yeah. Don't go for one day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was there. Um, I, I think I was there eight days. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, if you're going to go there, cause it's a, it's a trip. Um, go and like enjoy it. I would have preferred to be there like two weeks, but I tagged it onto a work trip. If I went back myself for like personal vacation, I would definitely do a couple weeks. Um, there's so much to see. So I, I did, I think it was like eight days.
1: So what are the accommodations like on the islands or are you staying somewhere like on a ship off the islands? Like how does it work?
2: Yeah. So there's two options to see the Galapagos. You can do what what they call by land or by sea. I, because I'm a single traveler, chose to do it by land because. Uh, so this is where like the map of the Galapagos would come in handy. So there's several islands. There's like nine islands. Okay. I flew into the the main island, which is Santa Cruz. Okay. And I chose to do day trips out to other islands, and um, so you go out all day, explore, and and come back. And day trips would be like you know taking um, they call them yachts, but they're not you know it's not like a uh, daddy, it's not like a puff daddy yacht. They're you know like. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 10 of you, you know, they're just private, private boats, uh, like 10 to 12 of you max on these boats. Uh, they feed you on the boat, everything. Okay. Um, but you take these boats out to the different islands and explore the islands, uh, sometimes several in one day and come back to your main Island. So like for Santa,
1: Cruz, right? Santa Cruz,
2: right? Yeah. That's where my, uh, hotel uh, or house was, um, the best way to see the Galapagos is by sea, meaning I know you're a cruiser, you love yeah. to go cruises, you cruise. So yes. there's all kinds of different uh, types of boats um, and you basically live on these on these boats uh, and go from island to island to island to island. The reason I didn't do that is because it's already really expensive to go. Um, and they charge you uh double. So if I if I if I uh you know was trying to book a room on one of these boats, I would have had to pay
1: double double occupancy, yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: And you know, it's already really expensive. So I just decided for myself I want to be able to like do a lot of things. And um so I just decided to do it by land and choose choose. The, the, the islands I wanted to go out and see during the day, whichever ones were possible. Some are too far. You can't do it in a day. Um, but I was able to go to, I think it was like three or four during my trip.
1: Okay. And what were the names of a couple of these islands that you went to apart from Santa Cruz? So,
2: so yeah, so I was Santa Cruz. Um, there is like, um, uh, where is it? Um uh, like Isabella, uh, I think Finca, um, oh God, uh, th- there's a lot. Like I said, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, you, each one's different. So it just depends on like what you want to do. If you're super outdoorsy, beachy, and want to just be in the water all day, you need to choose certain islands. Uh, others, if you're more um, into like just uh, exploring um um, the the habitat and like you know you want to see volcano you know, the, like the the volcanoes or you want to see um, lava rock or y- you know you want to see more of like the animals um, you choose different islands okay so it really depends on like what you want to see and what you want to get out of the trip I will say my favorite day out of like the whole week was when I um, went snorkeling to an island called Pinzon. Okay. And, um, it was actually recommended by like, um, this like cute German couple that was staying at my house. They came back from snorkeling and they were so happy. And they just were telling me like they had the time of their life. And I was like, well, where did you go? And they, they told me, I said, Oh, well, I don't have that like in my itinerary. It's not part of the, what I'm going to see. So I went to, um, our hostess, like where I stayed, there's, uh, um, a woman that kind of manage the houses and she would you know also like you get your meals and stuff you go to the house and you have your food but I went to her and just said hey is there any way to get me like on a snorkeling tour to pin because I just heard it's amazing like I'll scratch something else to go do this and she was able to kind of like get me in um and that was like incredible like just to be on the water and enjoy being on the boat and um the snorkeling like just off the charts. Like I, I was able to see like sea lions like coming right up to your face and playing with you like like little puppies. Um, I was snorkeling with sharks like black tip sharks and snorkeling with penguins and um, uh, sea tortoises. Like just, just so cool and lots and of life. Lots of sea life and a reason that people go to the Galapagos is because they're you know, all of the, the animals are specific to each island. So you're never going to see them anywhere else in the world. Um, they have certain characteristics or features that are specific to the islands because that's the whole reason, um, you know, the, the Galapagos is popular is those, those animals only exist there. And that's the whole Charles Darwin theory of evolution, like everything. So, um, you get to see like the different animals, like as you go and, um, you know, like if they teach you like how they adapted to live like on that specific island or to be in on that beach or whatever, like, you know, how they developed.
1: I have have two follow-up questions here. First off, you and I live in Southern California um, and the water temperature of the Pacific here is actually pretty cold. How was the water temperature down in Ecuador? Because I got to imagine it's got to be significantly warmer because you're literally right on the equator, but maybe I'm mistaken on that.
2: Yeah. It's very hot. Um, Really, really hot. Now I'm always really careful with like sunscreen because I'm just really prone to like, you know, getting sunspots, things like that, that the sun is no joke. It is hot. Um, So you're going to want to like hydrate really good um, sunscreen good quality or sun shirts you know just anything uh, like that to protect yourself but the, the heat you had asked earlier what's the difference between like uh, Galapagos and Thailand it's dry heat it is hot blazing sun not humid um, but the good part is that you can just jump in the water so you can cool off Um yeah, it, it, it's very, very hot. So just be prepared for that. Um, you know, it is. Does,
1: does the water temperature match the heat outside though?
2: The water temperature, like on the day I went snorkeling, um, you know, we're wearing wetsuits, but it wasn't uh, any, to me, it wasn't like cold. I actually think jumping in the beach here is freezing. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. It's cool, but it, it, it you know it doesn't didn't phase me at all yeah
1: and for those who are watching my students that are out there if you are wondering why we're saying that the 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 water here in southern california or even along the california coastline is cold when you're thinking hey it's the sunshine state why wouldn't we have warm water is because a lot of our water comes down from the alaskan area and so we're getting you know, ice flow off and it it does affect the temperature of the ocean in our area. So that's why it's a weird thing to say that the Pacific is colder than the Atlantic ocean, because you're thinking about like stories of like Titanic and stuff like that with icebergs and stuff like that. But we have Alaska on our side and believe me, it gets very, very, very cold. So again, I just wanted to share that as well. So, um, so you're going to be staying in the Galapagos for about eight days. Um, mm-hmm. I do have some, I do have some pictures I want to jump over to in just a second here. Um, mm-hmm. cause we want to talk about your planned excursions. Uh, Actually, let's do that really quick, because I want people to get a visual on some of those things here. Now, again, for my people that are on the podcast, you're not going to be able to see this clearly, but feel free to go over to the YouTube channel in order to get some of these beautiful pictures of, of my friend Dahlia here, along with some lovely, lovely life in the ocean here and or around it. So we have two pictures on the screen right now. Talk to me about what we see here.
2: Yeah. I want to go back. Look how happy I was. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that picture on the left with the the seal—that mm-hmm. was the the morning that I went snorkeling. And so that was um, the dock, like uh, for our little group of like five or six of us to you know go get our wetsuits and then get on the boat. Um, now the reason that the seals are there and those seagulls is because to the left you can't see it. But that's where they catch uh, fresh fish. fish and they're preparing the fish, like um, prepared to eat a lot of seafood if you go to the Galapagos, but it's delicious. And uh, they like catch it, or they're like cutting it, flaying it, doing all that stuff right there where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, one street over, it's like Santa Cruz is such a small town. One street over is like a row of restaurants and at night, you don't see anyone there during the day, but at night, it's like community eating and everybody, like it, the, the street is lined with picnic tables or just outdoor tables. And everyone just gets their food from the little um, restaurants. Yeah. They come out and you sit together in the street and eat.
1: So it's almost like cafe style in a way. Cafe
2: style, yeah. Like... Um,
1: but much larger in its scope.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I have a picture of it, but it's just, it was so cool just to like be eating with all these people, like strangers and, you know, and have a beer and have your fish and whatever. But that, that picture was um, us like basically about to board the boat that to go out snorkeling that day.
1: Quick question here. And this is comes from sometimes you'll have younger people that will probably go on these, adventure excursions because they think it's fun to be around the animals, which of course we all love. But at the same time, the concern that I would have for the wildlife of the area would be interference from the humans and specifically touching the animals or interfering with the animals. What kind of rules do they have in reference to that?
2: Yeah, that's actually a really great question. Um, you, You shouldn't, and they, you know, you can't uh, touch the animals as much as you want to. Like, I would have loved to pet that little seal right there. Um, you, you, you're you not supposed to. You just, you know, just observe from a distance. Um, also, like I mentioned, it's so hot. You know, you want to protect your skin. But they also, you know, are careful about sunscreen in the water. You know, you don't want to put those kind of chemicals in the water. Um there, I remember when I was snorkeling, the sea lions, like they just come up to you. They get so close to you and they want to play with you. They're so playful. And I I just, you know, you don't even think about it. You just, I just reached out because I just wanted to like touch it. You know, it's just so, it was like inches away from my face. And I remember our guide, I looked over and he was shaking his finger like, no, no, no. Um, so they don't want you to interact, you know, with the animals. Uh, um, which is good. I respect that. It just sometimes it's so hard. They're so cute, but like
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. And you know what? I, I it's it's funny that you and I, I like I've known you for twenty plus years now, and we we have just you know we, we for those of my. Those are those peoples in the audience. We've both been in higher education for two decades now. And in that time, you know, it's we've, we've pretty much bonded over, you know, going to different places. But at the same time, it's, you know, we've gone to a lot of cities, you and I. But the one thing I've noticed is when I've interviewed you, you know, you've gone to places that are very animal-centric and friendly. Like when you, like when you were over in Thailand, you went to an elephant preserve. Here you are in the Galapagos. So again, animal preserve in that area. Is that, on a personal level, do you have a thing that, you, you know specific to animals that you were like, you may hear the little doggy chiming in the background where you're at too.
2: I do. I love animals. I do. I, and, and, you know, this trip was really special to me because again, it, it made me do things I wouldn't normally do at home, snorkeling, going out on the water. Like, you know, I, I always just kind of, don't know why i just never thought i was that person like you know just be kind of sporty outdoorsy that kind of you know stuff and this trip made me want to change my travel to center around more activities like this Hmm. um you know rather than like traveling to go eat or traveling to go shopping or you know whatever like i want to do more like this um So, so then, you know, my next kind of trip, like you said, was Thailand where the main reason I I was there for work, but my vacation side, the main thing I wanted to see was the, the elephant sanctuary. Yeah. It just, it's just, they make me happy. I love it. Um, Like that picture on the right is actually so, you know, the Galapagos is known for their tortoises, like these massive um, tortoises. They're huge and they're old. (laughs) Like that's (laughs) incredible that they're just walking around like this. But that was right outside my room where, um, you know, I was staying. And I used to call like you just see these huge tortoises walking around the property and I would call them house cats. I was like, oh, the house (laughs) cats. (laughs) and um so my my neighbor like the couple that told me about that snorkeling trip they actually took this picture for me because they're like "Go, go sit you know you you can get close but you're not allowed to touch them um but they're just out wandering around and like just walking by your window and you know your your patio (laughs) like
1: just chilling 300 year old Three hundred year old tortoise is just wandering around like, hey, hey, what's going on, Dahlia?
2: Like, like, hey, yeah, geckos in my room. That's the other thing. You just got to be prepared for this kind of stuff. And I, again, I've never camped in a tent. I've never done anything like that. But I know when I'm traveling, you just have to let things go and like adapt. And like, yeah, I woke up and there was geckos in my bathroom and whatever. It's like, oh, they're so cute. You know, you just, you just. (laughs) you just deal with it and you just know you're somewhere else. And that's just the lay of the land.
1: Yeah. That's the one thing that I find that when I adapt to places, you know, sometimes you, sometimes we just don't have those modern technological features. One of the things I had to adapt to very quickly in Thailand was the fact that not all bathrooms um, are the same. And that is something that you have to deal with um, when you travel over to less developed countries. Sometimes, Uh, although you think of Thailand as being a very well-developed country, you know, it's there. There may be places like I've been to. I, I've been to Italy where they had uh, like even in Venice, I went to a bathroom there that had just a hole in the ground for us to be able to go to the toilet. It's just some places are we're just so used to the functionality of a lot of American society and the the beauty of understanding culture when you travel the world is that you get to see how the other half lives you get to see how people interact and you get to see how people are able to make it very easily um and enjoy their lives wherever they may be so
2: yeah you know simple life everyone's happy it it definitely makes you kind of reevaluate your life and like how you live and what's important. Um, You don't need a lot. Uh, The people that I met like on this particular trip, I mean, just so happy with like, just not a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And it it just makes you think about things.
1: Let's take a look here at the next slide that I have. And for those that are listening on the podcast, we have two slides here with what look like lizard-like creatures. Godzilla. (laughs) <laughs> it's got so <laughs> I, I I'm not I wasn't sure if these were like iguanas or yeah. monitors or something like that. Like talk to me about what these are.
2: Yeah, this this was um so second to snorkeling, this is my favorite day. So um this beach is called Tortuga Bay. The the house manager, um, Katya, that, you know, uh, she set up everything for me. One day I was just like, oh, Katia, I just want to go for a walk and, you know, just get lost or whatever. And she said, oh, I'll, I'll send you to my favorite beach. And she just told me how to get there. I, this cute man picked me up in a little Toyota pickup truck, dropped me off at the end of a street. <laughs> I didn't know where I was and I was by myself. And I walked for probably a mile thinking like, I don't know where she's sending me. It's hot, I'm tired, I'm hungry. And then it just opened up to like the most incredible, beautiful beach I've ever seen in my life. And to top it off, like I maybe saw one other person. So it's like you have paradise to yourself. And then these crazy creatures walking <laughs> around so you you're the guest it's not the other way around like this is their land like these guys are just walking around living their best life and you're just there um they are specific to that beach that island uh or uh, the beach tortuga bay but they're um iguanas but they look like Godzilla, like just crazy. This doesn't even do it justice. Like the picture on the right, I think I'm surrounded by like 10 or 12 of them. I mean, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're all over. But this beach was just so incredibly beautiful and you literally have it all to yourself, um, which was amazing. And the trees, uh, those are mangroves. I had never seen like mangroves. I mean, I've heard of mangroves, but I've never seen mangroves like, in person. And they're just like, so beautiful. Um, so I took a lot of pictures of mangroves. So the the beach, there was like another section. If you keep walking, it's kind of like this hidden pathway and it leads to like another beach and there's sharks swimming all around. Like, so you just kind of step into the water and there's little sharks that swim like all around you. They don't bite, but um, they, they definitely rub up against you. And um, so you got the <laughs> the land iguanas on one side of the beach and the sharks on the other side of the beach. Um,
1: and the iguanas, for the most part, are not dangerous. If, if they don't like something, they'll wag their tail at it and like that's their dang, yeah, that's no. their that's their whack.
2: <laughs> if, yeah, if they they're, they're, I didn't. I mean, look, I'm sitting in the, like in the middle of all of them. They they. I didn't feel like they were gonna all of a sudden attack or anything. I mean, they really. They're just. You know, they're still sometimes they don't even move and then when they move they're just kind of like
1: waddle 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 yeah
2: back to the water to take a little dip
1: actually funny that you mentioned that we have a little video that we're going to throw in here as well of this little guy walking around let me see if i can lower the volume here just a little bit
2: (laughs) yeah so he's just like let me get to the mangroves and take a dip
1: yeah so this is him going and checking out his friend Mm -hmm. near a mangrove this is such a wonderful video of you being able to capture this. How big is this guy?
2: Oh, they're big. Um, I mean, probably a couple of feet <laughs> <laughs> and, and fat. They're fat, but see how like, like there's two people in the water, but the, the beach goes all the way to the left and the right. I mean, there's no one there. It was just so incredible now. Okay. One con to this beach and maybe this is just all beaches because I don't go to the beach a lot I you know I was there for hours and hours and hours because I I walked that like mile trek to get there um so I was there for a long time just kind of soaking it in because I'm all by myself Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and I sat in the sand um and it's so hot so I was like oh I you know my skin is like just frying. So I started covering my legs with the sand just to cool it down. And when I got back that night, my legs were covered in bites. Um, and what I didn't know is there's a thing called like sand
1: fleas or something. Sand fleas. Yep.
2: Never heard of it. Cause I don't go to the beach very often. Um, or if i do, <laughs> sit, sitting in like a lawn chair, uh, but I had kind of, Covered my legs with the sand because they were just burning up Um and it, it took a, I mean, the bites were there until probably a week after I got home, but they were bad. I mean, you, the itching, everything like is off the
1: charts we'll sometimes see sand fleas here in southern california usually around like if there's a lot of kelp that washes up on on the shore and stuff like that uh just because they hover around it especially as it gets dried out and stuff like that it could be of a bit, it could be a bit of a challenge so i absolutely understand that um let me do this let's talk a little bit about some of your takeaways from this kind of a trip when you think about this trip not that there are going to be cons to something like this. You know, maybe there are some things that are, <laughs> that are, that are, that are less impactful, but what are the, probably the biggest pros of going on a trip like this?
2: I mean, it's to me kind of once in a lifetime, like, again, it's, it's, it's a lot to, to get there. It is expensive. Um, so, you know, those are really like the only cons. Um, but if you're someone that just loves wildlife, you love being on the water, you, you know, and you like maybe, you know, um, learning about the history of the islands and Charles Darwin. I mean, there's the Charles Darwin station. There's all those things of, there's a little bit for everybody, but um, this is really for the person that um, has, an appreciation for, um, you know, just natural beauty and, uh, wildlife. So if that's for you, go to the Galapagos. It's amazing. You won't regret it. Um, it's safe. The food is good. The people are nice. Um, and you meet cool people. The people that I was on my tours with, I still talk to Like they're just, you know, kind of, you know, you, you meet like-minded people, um, and they're, they're great. Uh, so, yeah, cons, I think, again, just cost-wise, it's something you really got to, you know, prepare for. Um,
1: but it's yeah. one of those once-in-a-lifetime type of things. You don't – it's it's not like you would go to the Galapagos every every couple of – I mean, you would if you could afford it, but, <laughs> you know, it's one of those places that you, you save up to go to. It's really quite yeah. a life-changing experience, like you said, for yourself. You yeah, know, yeah. up to this point, you had not considered – necessarily going to some of these, you know, or, or more adventurous type of, type excursions. But now it's like, okay, well now having mm-hmm. done this, it is kind of a life-changing moment.
2: Yeah. Um I say 100% do it. I don't regret going at all. I would go back um, and I would do it a little differently so I could see more. So I think if someone went with me and I could see more and like do the water, um, you know, like the the cruise tours uh, from Island Island, I would do that so I could get a little more out of it. Um But, yeah, this isn't the type of place where, like, we're going to take our annual Galapagos trip. (laughs) Like, you just (laughs) – yeah, unless you've got a lot of money, it's probably not – that's not the place. Um, Once you're there, it's very – like, you know, eating, you know, anything like that, it's not expensive. Um, But getting there, your flight, your hotel, whatever you choose to do. I mean, they have resorts. Like, you don't have to stay in a house like I did, but the, the house I stayed in was incredible.
1: Um would you say that would you say the the way you booked it is kind of the best package deal like in terms of cost savings or value or would you think that maybe staying at a resort might be better
2: It really depends on what you want to do like there's some people where they are like I just want to be snorkeling and 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 uh, scuba diving all day okay so they probably are going to stay in like you know, the tiny little apartments or something along the beach so they could go do these like trips all day. Um, me, I'm by myself. I've never been there. I don't kind of know the lay of the land. So I chose to um, have more of a package, but I also didn't want it super touristy. I'm just, I don't like that. I don't like being constricted like that. Yeah. So that's why I chose the 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 place I stayed at was called Samia Verde. I can I can send it to you. Um, and although it's the two houses on a property, uh, everything was built in. So they, they picked like the type of excursions, um, that I could do. And, um, I think I got two meals a day. Like you just go to the house and eat with a couple other people. Um, so everything's cooked there, but there's actual resorts. So if you want that, you know, a beautiful hotel room and you want the resort life and you want to sit at a pool when you get back to your hotel, they have that. I just wanted to live a little more like a local, but also, um, you know, like I wanted it to be nice, but I I I wanted more of a local feel. So that's why I chose this uh, semilla Verde with the houses.
1: Now, the one cost savings thing that you would say about this, though, if I remember hearing you earlier, is that you didn't really need to buy your own Wetsuit. You could have rented your wetsuit.
2: Yeah, I, I returned it. I mean, I, um, I, I never even touched it. It was still in the packaging. Everything. I didn't need it um, because they on these day trips that you go on, they they take you to the shop and they fit you, and you're on your way. Like you don't uh-huh. need to do that. They give you your your masks, your snorkel masks, all of that. Um, uh, so I didn't need to bring any of it.
1: Okay, well. Dahlia, I would like to thank you so much for taking the time to speak to myself and my students. I've learned a lot about the Galapagos today, so I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. So thank you.
2: Yeah, it was great. Thanks, everybody. Go appreciate
1: it. Us. Absolutely. Now, again, uh, if we do have some people that were considering their PhD in the audience, they could they could reach out to you if they were interested in knowing more about that process. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah. PhD in leadership studies and an online PhD in education for social justice.
1: Okay. And your email is dnajor, N-A-J-O-R at San Diego. dot edu correct yes. yeah okay perfect awesome thank you so much dolly i really appreciate it again and for my students that are out there if you have any questions or comments that you'd like to share please feel free to let me know you can send me an email at scott at the professor dot com if you're on youtube right now and you would like to be notified about when new videos go up please feel free to hit the bell icon right above us in order to be notified about that if you haven't already done so feel free to subscribe we always appreciate that and if you like this content and you would like to to receive more of it, give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate that too. And then finally, if you are on the podcast and you would like to rate us or review us, please feel free to do that too. We are really appreciate any feedback. So until next time, my name is Scott. I am the Professor Travel.
0: Make every, st- every day a travel adventure. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting the professor travel at his website, the professortravel.com. For opportunities to work with the professor travel, feel free to contact Scott at the professortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram or Facebook at the Professor Travel or Twitter at the Professor TR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.